Welcome to C3 Church Tugra. You're about to hear a great message from one of our guest speakers. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. Well, greetings. Greetings to you this morning. Amen. Let the blessings of the Lord Jesus Christ just wrap you up. Amen. Let his love just surround you. Let his life just fill you. Amen. It is so good to be in this house this morning. I am so privileged to be here. One of my favorite verses in the Bible is, I'd rather spend a day in the courts of the Lord than a thousand outside. You know, as, you, as I was worshiping with you this morning, I was just picturing that scene in Revelation, that great sea of glass, a multitude on it from every tribe, every tongue. And I was just thinking, one day I'll stand there and I'll say to the person beside me, I'm glad I'm here. I'm glad I'm here. I would rather be here worshipping Jesus. So grab a seat, sit down. Just first of all, like to say, uh, music team, absolutely outstanding. think you've got to do anything different. <laughs> Just be who you are. Because it was, it's so much what comes out of your heart. Hey, and that's what real worship is. And, and I just felt that this morning. It's just like a river's flowing out of this place. From there, from here, from, from all around. I just closed my eyes and it just felt like there were rivers of living water just flowing out of this place down the hill this is an incredible house you are part of the church God's church think of it all around the world what a privilege what a privilege to be here what a privilege to be here today to worship Jesus how beautiful it is. I think my Phil, I think my old days were coming back. I was, I was sort of picturing there thinking, what if that was a great stained glass window? That'd be just there. Just there. Some of the travels overseas have gone into some of the, the churches and just, wow. And you know, you see the love that must have been in the hearts of those people that that made those things and wanted the house of God to be beautiful, to, you know, to, to reflect his glory all over the world. Hey? So grab your Bibles and let's see what God is going to do with us this morning. Holy Spirit, we welcome you this morning. Thank you that you're already here with us. And... Um, 
I want us to go to Luke chapter 20 today. Phil and Julie, thank you so much, pastors, for, for inviting me here. It was a real intervention of God. It really will. I'd been uh, praying and seeking God and saying, Lord, I really want to get fired up again. I want to start preaching again and and because uh, I've been sort of relaxing for a while. And, uh, well, I've been teaching. I haven't been just sitting around doing nothing. But uh, And I said, Lord, I don't want to ask anyone. I want a sign from you. And it was only about two days later that I get a phone call about, I don't know, 9 or 10 o'clock at night. Chum says, Phil Oldfield's on the phone. And I said, I thought in my heart, I know what he's going to say. This man hears from God. You're blessed to have these pastors. I've been a Christian 35 years. I've known a lot of ministry. You're blessed here. These hearts of a mother and father here. You're safe here. It's beautiful, this house. Amen? It really is. So I honor you guys for what the Holy Spirit has built through you here. This is truly a beautiful house. Beautiful, beautiful house. You can feel the presence of God. So in Luke 20. It's so hard when you prepare a message and you come in and you get another 10 just while you're... Just while you're there, you, you have that problem too, Phil, and you think, oh, just, just. I don't know about you, I just felt like crying this morning. Just felt like, oh, we are so blessed. In Luke 20, am I there? Found it? No. In verse 20, here we go. Um, could you get my good glasses out of my... This is not going to be easy for me. Yeah. Where are we? And it would help if we are in Luke chapter 21. That would help. Yeah, I'll... Uh, I've got three sets of glasses in there. I need the ones where I can read the page. There it is. Found it. Okay, here we go. Okay. Verse 5. While some were talking about the temple, that it was adorned with beautiful stones and votive gifts, he said, as for these things which you are looking at, the days will come in which none will be left, not one stone upon another which will not be torn down. And they questioned him, saying, Teacher, when therefore will these things be? What will be the sign that these things are about to take place? You know, we are living in an incredibly amazing world at the moment. And I feel like our foundations are being rocked as we look around the world at the moment and we wonder what is going on, where are we headed, what is going on around the world. When you hear of wars and disturbances, do not be terrified. That's God speaking to you this morning. Do not be terrified. 
For these things must take place, but the end does not follow immediately. Then he continued to say, nation will rise against nation. Kingdom will rise against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes in various places. There will be plagues. There will be famines. And there will be terrors. And there will be great signs from heaven. But before all these things, they will lay their hands on you and persecute you, delivering you to the synagogue and prisons, bringing you before kings and governors for my name's sake. We haven't seen that in Australia yet. Do you know that Christianity now is, of all the persecutions going on in the world, around about 70 to 80% are the Christians that are being persecuted. The persecution of the Christian church is huge in our world today. So make up your minds not to prepare beforehand how to defend yourselves, for I will give you utterance and wisdom which none of your opponents will be able to refute. But you will be delivered up even by parents and brothers and relatives and friends, and they will put some of you to death. You will be hated by, on all account because of my name, yet not a hair of your head will perish. God is going to hold you no matter what goes on in your life, in the life of your friends, in the world around us, or his church. I will build my church and the gates of hell will never prevail against it. But by your endurance, you will gain your lives. A couple of years ago, Charmin and I were in Rome, a great holiday we had. And one of the places that I wanted to get to was near the Colosseum. It was the Ark of Triumph of Titus, the great Roman general. And I had seen a picture of it from a child. And I'd seen the big carving in there of the seven-branch candlestick that had been taken out of the temple in Jerusalem. And the Roman soldiers were carrying it out. And it had been a picture in my history book. And I thought... I want to go see that. So as soon as I could, could get up there, I went up and stood under this arch and looked up and realized it, the reality of it hit me so much. The, the God that I love, the Jesus Christ that came to this earth to bring freedom to people. Here is His people. And you could see the slaves there as well. They were carrying them away into slavery, into captivity. And I remember the words of Jesus when he said, Jerusalem, oh Jerusalem, how I have wanted to gather you under my wings like a hen would gather her chicks, but you would not. And your house is left to you desolate. Jesus Christ comes to bring us freedom. As your pastor and Phil, Phil and Julie were talking about, but he can't force it on you. He can't make it a gift to you. He can't make you accept it. It's got to be the gift that you receive from him and treasure. This freedom that he gives you. You and I that are born of God already have this freedom. We're already being born of Christ born of the Holy Spirit. We are free. We're still on this earth. 
We have a heaven that is awaiting us, but we're free. And so much of the, of the, of the writers of the New Testament do keep warning the church, don't let your heart go cold. Don't lose this freedom. Don't let go of what I have for you. When you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies and recognize that her desolation is at hand, let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains and let those who are in the midst of the city depart and let not those who are in the country enter the city because these are days of vengeance in order that all the things which are written must be fulfilled. Woe to those who are with child, to those who nurse babes in these days, for there will be great distress upon the land and wrath to this people. And they will fall by the edge of the sword and will be led captive into all the nations. Jerusalem will be trampled underfoot by Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. Incredible, isn't it? Jerusalem is actually now back in Jewish hands. Gentiles no longer rule there. That's why Israel is so significant. But I want to remind you, Israel's only a tiny part. The church of God is all over the world. But it is significant what's happening there. And I'm not even going to try and pretend to know what's going on and how God's working it all out. I don't know. I know it's significant. I do know that. But I was drawn to this verse on verse 34, just if you continue down. Be on guard that your hearts may not be weighted down with dissipation and drunkenness and with the worries of life. And that day may come upon you suddenly. That is the day when the Lord returns like a trap. For it will come upon all those who dwell on the face of the earth. But keep Alert at all times, praying in order that you may have strength to escape all these things which are about to take place and to stand before the Son of Man. And that's what I want to talk to you about this day. I want to talk to you about your heart. Be on guard that your hearts may not be weighed down. Be on guard that you might not be taken up with the cares and the concerns of this world. Matthew 25. Let's turn there. And let's hear what God is saying to us this morning. In Matthew 25, around the same theme, Jesus speaks these words, The kingdom of heaven will be comparable to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. There were ten that took their lamps. The lamp speaks of the fire of God. The oil speaks of the Holy Spirit. There were ten of them. But five of them were foolish. And five were prudent. How is your heart today? Have you let your heart get foolish? Or is your heart prudent? For when the foolish took their lamps, they took no, took no oil with them. You must 
have an ongoing presence of the Holy Spirit in your life. You must carry the presence of God with you in your life. But the prudent took, but the prudent took oil in their flasks along with their lamps. And while the bridegroom was delaying, they all got drowsy and began to sleep. Who knows that? That can happen to all of us. Hey? But at midnight, there was a shout. Behold, the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the prudent, give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. Men and women, you cannot live off your mother and father. You cannot live off your husband's oil. You cannot live off your wife cannot live off your pastor's oil. You must have the oil yourself. You must tap into that oil yourself. You must be filled with the Holy Spirit. You must have that life abiding in you. Because there is a day coming. People say, when will he return? Well, I don't know. But I know this. That when Peter was writing, they said it was the last days. This has got to be the last of the last days. It has got to be close. How is your heart this morning? Is it weighed down? Is it concerned about things that are really not important? Where is your heart this morning? Does it delight in the Lord? Is your first delight the Lord's? The prudent answered and said, No, there'll not be enough for us and for you too. Go and said to the dealers and buy some for yourselves. And while they were going away to make the purchase, the bridegroom came. And those who were ready went in with him to the wedding feast, and the door was shut. And later the other virgins also came, saying, Lord, Lord, open up for us. But he answered and said, Truly, I say to you, I do not know you. Incredibly tough words, aren't they? Incredibly hard words. I don't even try to explain them. But I know Jesus said them. And I know they should just be a wake-up call in us. Do you know? It should be just a wake-up call in us that says, How's my heart going? Be on the alert then, for you do not know the day nor the hour. So the Holy Spirit, the presence of the Holy Spirit is so, so important. Think about the Holy Spirit. The disciples, the early church, they were commanded to wait for the Holy Spirit. They were commanded to wait for the power of God. There is a power that you need to live this Christian life. You cannot live it in your own strength. Most of you probably already know that by now. But at times, even though we know that and drift into an area where we feel powerless, we get so apathetic that we don't even sometimes have the strength to sort of reach out and say, Lord, fill me. We can let a real heaviness settle over us. And in the end, could be very deadly. Paul writes so much, and you see through the book of Acts, Acts 4, verse 31. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Place was shaken. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. Acts 10, 44. 
in Peter. The Holy Spirit fell upon all who were listening to the message. Watch over your heart, Proverbs says, with all diligence, for out of your heart flow the issues of life. Acts 13, verse 2. Let's go and have a look there. The book of Acts, chapter 13. had a Bible that obeyed you. Now there were at Antioch, chapter chapter 13, verse 1, in the church that was there, there were prophets, there were teachers. Church, I've always felt in my heart, and it's, it's here in your church, it's prophetic in this church. The Word of God is just not something that's opened up just for the sake of it. But when we speak the word of God, it's God speaking. It carries weight. It carries power. There were in that church prophets and teachers. There was Barnabas. There was Simeon, who was called Niger. Lucius of Cyrene. Menaean, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch. And Saul. And while they were ministering to the Lord and fasting. Look at that. What an incredible beautiful picture of where we need to be as a people while they were ministering to the Lord. You think, why would you minister to the Lord? I mean, He has everything. But it's beautiful. This is what we were doing this morning. This is what I hope you're doing each day in your life, is to minister to Him, is to worship Him, is to love Him is to pour your heart out. As they were ministering to the Lord, the Holy Spirit spoke. Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then when they had fasted and prayed the Holy and laid their hands upon them, they sent them away. I love the presence of the Holy Spirit. Phil, Julie, Every time I think of you two, I just don't see you, but I see your daughters. And I'm respond, I, I remember so much in the Word of God, Philip the evangelist, with four virgin daughters that prophesied. And I want to say to you both here today, there's been disappointments at time in your life. There's been there's been things that you thought, Lord, didn't go quite the way I thought. What are you doing here? But I want to remind you, and you know this in your heart, and, and this is just a reminder of you here today, that God is a God of generations. Your daughters, what you have sowed into them, is going to be bigger and is going to be expensive. And you're going to have an incredible joy of seeing in each one of their lives and their partners, their husbands, what God is doing and how God will touch the peoples of this earth. And it's being birthed in you. 
And it's being passed on. The gift that is in you will be passed on and used to open up and used to make a way. I see an incredible expanse. I just see, as I was in the spirit here worshiping this morning, rivers of living water flowing out of this church. This is a church of equipping, Phil, Julie. This is a church of teaching. This is a church of gathering. This is a church of teaching and building and discipling. And it is a church of releasing. It is a church of equipping and sending out. And you will have the joy of seeing so much accomplished in the kingdom. I'm excited for you. Phil, you're still young. I can see days and years ahead where many will come and ask for wisdom. They will ask for what God has placed in your life. Incredible love that you have for God. Incredible way you walk with the Holy Spirit. That is to be loved and treasured in Jesus' name. There's enlargement all around you guys. But enlargement in a way that you've not thought about and God has not yet revealed yet. You can see like ripples just going out from this place, going out. Holy Spirit. We live in difficult times. We live in troubled times. Just have a look at 1 Timothy chapter 4. Timothy. Come on, Timothy. Where are you? Here you are. 1 Timothy chapter 4. But the Spirit explicitly says, everyone got that? But the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, says that in the latter times, some will fall away from the faith, paying attention to two deceitful spirits, to doctrines of demons, by means of hypocrisy, of liars, seared in their own conscience, as with the brandy nine, men who forbid marriage, advocate abstaining from foods which God has created to be gratefully shared by all those who believe and know the truth. We are living in, a, in times, church, that I never thought I would see. I've been a Christian 35 years and um, got saved back in 1979. And uh, it, was, it was wonderful to get saved. It was wonderful to get filled with the Holy Spirit. It's wonderful to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And uh, I will never, never, never forget that. And, um, you know, my wife and I, Charmian, was always wanting to be a Christian. I could never quite work it out. Uh, I'd grown up Roman Catholic, and uh, she, uh, Charm was quite trying to be the atheist when um, 
And when I met her, she was quite amazed that uh, I actually just trotted off to church on a Sunday. I didn't quite know why I was going off to church on Sunday. I just went out of habit, you know, and frightened that mum might find out that I wasn't going to church. But uh, charm had an incredible impact upon my life because when we were married, she'd say to me, we're at church, but we're not Christians. And it, it used to get to me. I'm thinking, what is, what is she going on about? We're not yet Christians because I've, I've been in church all my life, you know. And uh, I could speak in tongues before them all. I was, I was speaking Latin a long, long time back. So I guess you know where I come from. And, um, and so Chad said, you know, we, we need to get saved. We're not saved. We're not Christians. And, of course, finally we got saved um, in 79. And uh, then, of course, the thing that Charmian wanted straight away, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, baptized in the Holy Spirit. Behind my back, she was even trying to work out a way to get to America because that's where it was. She found out that that's where you could get the Holy Spirit was in America. And uh, so um, finally, she got filled with the Holy Spirit and started speaking in tongues. And I, I have never, ever heard such a strange thing in all my life. And uh, I still hear it to this day. And, um, but I said to her, that's not for me. Not for me. No, no, not for me. And uh, for the next three months, I was the sickest that I've ever been in my life. And uh, sick and flus and all sorts of things. And one, uh, one night, I woke Charmian up and I said, I was so sick. I said, honey, you have to pray with me. You really, really have to pray with me. And uh, I was so angry. I'd just thrown the Bible across the room, angry at God, because he'd healed my daughter that night, and I'd cried out for healing, and he ignored me. And uh, I was so cross with him. And I went in, and I said to Charm, please pray that I get healed, because I was so sick. And she started praying with me for a while in bed, just put her hand, you know, half asleep, and prayed in English. And she said, well, I'm going to pray in tongues And uh, I said, well, you can do that. She said, no, only if you pray in tongues. And I said, I don't think I can. She said, yes, you can. You started when you were first prayed for. But I thought I was just tricking the people to try and get out of their clutches. Soon as I opened my mouth and started to pray in tongues, it says in the word of God that the Holy Spirit fell upon me. And I felt him. He fell upon me. He fell upon me, and all of a sudden, I burst. Water flowed out of me from everywhere. Charm and I had just get up and change the bed because I just saturated the bed. It just came out of every pore in my skin, and I was instantly healed. And I'll never forget going to church and His Word just coming alive and and loving this word and enjoying this word. And, and when, when the pastor said, you know, that this word is the word of God, my, my spirit said, yes. And, and whatever I read in there, it was, yes, amen. This is God, you know. I read of a man that got swallowed by a giant fish. And I said, yes, true, you know. <laughs> you know, a donkey talks. I said, yes, God can do anything. And yet now I live And I find in a church today, I find so much error that is being taught in our churches today. I hear preachers, good preachers around the world, doubting whether there's a devil. 
wondering whether there's a hell. In fact, teaching that there is no hell. Even big names around the world saying, all are going to be saved. No one is going to hell. Jesus will save everyone. The whole world will be saved. Melanie, my daughter in America, and she said some friends of theirs went back to a church in England and they go back there every couple of years to get their little child baptized. And on the third baptism, when they went back there after a couple of years and came to do the service, and the man that was doing it, his partner was living with him at the church. I never thought I would see those days. I never thought those days would come. I heard a man recently wondering and saying, good, well-known guy, well, it wouldn't surprise me if we found out one day that Jesus was not born of a virgin. I hear so many saying parts of the Word of God you can't trust. We are living in perilous times. We are living in the days of the doctrines of demons where these thoughts are out there. The church, the Western church is under incredible attack and you have got to watch your heart, men and women. You have got to watch over your heart with all diligence. Second Timothy verse 1, just write this down. It says, Kindle afresh the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. 2 Timothy in chapter 3, it says men will be lovers, lovers of self. And where I wanted to finish today is in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 18. I'm just aware of the time up there at the moment. And in the book of Ephesians, let's just get there. In the book of Ephesians chapter 5. God always gives you a way of escape. Do you notice he said to the church, when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, get out. How do you get out when you're surrounded by armies? How do you get out when you're surrounded by an army? Well, see what happened. Vespasian, he was the Roman general that surrounded the city and was about to take it after the Jews had revolted. But they wanted him back in Rome because they wanted to make him emperor. So he withdrew his forces and went back up north. That was when many of the church got out because they remembered the words of Jesus. When you see Jerusalem surrounded by an army, get out, escape. And then his son was the one that came back, Titus. He came back, surrounded the city, took the city. The temple was destroyed. So the word of God is always there for us. Jesus is always reaching into our hearts. Jesus is always reaching into your heart, reaching into my heart. And that's why he said these words, be on your guard. Watch over your heart. Don't get weighed down with dissipation. Don't let the cares of this world get on top of you. In Ephesians chapter 5, 
Let's go and have a look at it here. It says this. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation. But be filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and in hymns and in spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks for all things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, to God, even the Father, and be subject to one another in the fear of the Lord. Amen. In the fear of God. Lord, this morning, as we're here in your house, Lord, as we look and we know what's going on around us in the world, and yet, Lord, we know that your word, you warn us. You are there always with us, Father God. And Lord, this day, church, this day, I come to you here this day and I'm saying, be filled afresh with the Holy Spirit. Be filled. Be filled afresh with the Holy Spirit. Renew this day your love for God. Renew this day your love for Him. Your love for those that sit around you. Worship Him. Love Him. Trust Him. Do not let the days tie you out. Thank you, Father. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.